going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Vile Files Going Deeper Edition. And uh, wow, I'm excited for this episode. The wonderful, entertaining, captivating, super talented, and interesting Chloe Cherry from Euphoria is with us today to talk about her very extraordinary life uh, that is, sounds like it's just getting started. And I feel like it's important to preface, like, if you've heard any of her interviews before, this is different. We do a deeper dive. Oh, thank you, Allie. I yeah. <laughs> I was, sorry, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that I was like, if you don't, if you're not super familiar with the show and don't know that we always call this episode going deeper, you might think that's like a weird pun because of her adult <laughs> film background. <laughs> that was all I could think about when, the when second said, you said it. And I was no. like, Ugh. No, we, we now call our Wednesday's episodes going deeper because we go deeper with our guests and our... Uh. Um, she, yeah, As she was... Poster, she, our just the tip episode. Just the tip. On Mondays. <laughs> In the money shot Tuesdays. <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's of our childishness. Um, no, Chloe is fascinating. Uh, I don't uh, f- uh, for those of you who are tuning in to listen to Chloe, uh, you probably know a lot about her background. If not, um, she is uh, one of the stars on Euphoria. She's uh, has a background in the adult film industry. I thought I learned a lot. She's very like interesting stuff. She talked about just. Uh, I think some of the unknowns of how the industry works, I, I didn't, I had no idea. Yeah. I also thought it was cool how a lot of her answers to these sort of, yeah, like these like heightened, very extreme situations of like being cast on euphoria or like some things that, you know, most people aren't as familiar with adult films. Like a lot of those answers though, circled back to stuff that is such relatable, applicable advice, yeah. regardless of kind of what it might be in response to. 100%. Before we get to Chloe, um, quick, uh, so Will Smith was uh, exiled from the Academy for 10 years. 10 years. I just feel like that's bullshit. And, and this is someone who, who I, I, as you've listened, if you listen to the show, thought was Will Smith was 100% in the wrong. I was team Chris from the get. Uh, but uh, I was talking to, I think, Amanda about this. It's just like, I, I, what I, here's one thing I guess can't stand about our society in general. It's just like, because of the way social media is, it's like if people don't get the appropriate reaction of how they should react, say, in the moment, which is sometimes hard to do because, like, especially th- that that situation was, like, I think everyone was in shock. But if we don't get that reaction right, we have a tendency to overreact. It's like I, I really don't understand what now seems to be the piling on of this situation with Will Smith and like what seems to be like now his movies are being like pushed off and delayed. It's like, are people trying to cancel Will Smith? Also like why 10 years? It's so fucking arbitrary. Yeah. Like had it been a fist, would it have been 15? Like how do you go yeah. about What's even? It? Yeah. Like, like why not a year? You know, like if we're, what is like the whole point of like having some sort of like penalty is to a, like make sure the person who's done the crime, like make sure they understand like they've learned. There's one aspect of like having to pay, like to do. Yeah. Accountability. accountability. And that actions have consequences. And something that's like, and so like, for those of you who don't know, it's a pretty common thing. It's the previous best actor winner always is the presenter for the subsequent year best actress and vice versa. So Will Smith having won best actor should have been the one to announce the next winner for Best Actress next year. So if he misses next year, he won't be able to do that. That will that will be 
a, a year from now, we will be reminded on a, Nash, a, a worldwide platform on a show of once again what Will Smith did. And I feel like that might be enough, but nine more years? I just don't understand. Like, what's the point? Also, I think it's important to note, like, he can still be nominated, but then he could Even attend. more stupid. Yeah. Oh, but, because, like, Will, like... Like, in five years, he, was, he could be nominated for a different role, so but like, not come. So, that is so fucking dumb. Because that, to me, tells me that they did it because they're, like, they're now acting like we can't trust Will Smith now in, in, at the awards. Like, he made a mistake. He was so absolutely wrong. To me, they gave him 10 years because they felt like, oh, we didn't handle it best in the moment. So, now we need to show that we take this seriously because we're afraid of what people are going to say. And they came up with this stupid fucking 10-year thing. But no, he can still win awards, but he can't show up because we're afraid he's going to slap someone four years from now. Give me a fucking break. You know who's not going to slap someone at the Oscars in the next Ever 10 years? again? Will Smith. <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. It's like, also like, what was the meeting like where they were discussing it? Yeah. And then someone was like, I think 10, 10 years. years. And no, someone five. else was like, what about 20. 11? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, 10 is a good round number. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's like, I know that he's going to be on parole for five. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's... Anyway, next Chloe. week, uh, well, we got the ultimatum. That's uh, Some of you probably have already watched it. Uh, the, the, the final episode and then the, the reunion. And then... Uh, one of the couples who is still together will be with us next week, Wednesday, for our Going Deeper episode. So be sure to tune into that. You won't want to miss that. We do talk a little bit about the... We don't really... We, we spent a lot of time yesterday. If you're into the ultimatum, go back and listen to her, or what essentially is like a recap of it yesterday. Uh, Chloe did watch it. Uh, we got some of her thoughts. Uh, and then we kind of tied into our own lives. Anyway, Chloe Cherry, everybody. Chloe. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you. I, I've told my audience what, like how I met you. Oh, yeah. So just for the people who listening who didn't know, hear me pitch it before, like so we met at the W Magazine party. Yeah, we met at a party. And when, when you walked in, I was with my girlfriend, Natalie, yeah. at the time. I don't know what you expect with these parties you go to. They're kind of like whatever. Yeah. Uh, when we walked in, usually you were like expecting to know somebody. Yeah. And this party, like Nelly and I got there relatively early because we were just like, oh, we don't know how this is going to be a pain in the ass to get yeah. in. It's trying to get in. And we walk in and we didn't really know anyone. And then it was just like kind of essentially A-list celebrity after A-list celebrity yeah. walking in. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was kind of like, we were kind of awkwardly intimidated. I like to think I can like, you know, like act as if, and like I've hung out around plenty. I've had a lot of moments of yeah. meeting various celebrities and have friends, right. you know, but like in a, in a whole room of people, we were like kind of feeling a little awkward. And then you walked past, Nally said hi to you mm -hmm. and said like how much of a fan she was of yours. <laughs> and you were so like warm and nice and like, Oh, God. Kind. And, like, that was our takeaway when we stopped talking to you. And Nelly and I turned to us and it's like, she's just, like, a kind person. Like, we knew that off the bat. Like, just, like, your energy was, like, really welcoming in, a, in an environment, especially in L.A. It's, like, a lot of people, like, you yeah. get a little awkward and then yes. you get standoffish. Because, yeah. like, right? Like, yeah. uh, but anyway, so thanks for being so nice. Yeah, of course. Um, so glad, glad you are here. Um, you have such like a fascinating story. Yeah, I it's pretty different. It's um I've done some different things. You have done some different <laughs> things. I so I was telling uh I was at this other party 
and people are asking like, oh, who you got coming up on your show? I said, oh, Chloe Cherry. And like, oh my God, I'm such a big <laughs> fan. And then, and then out of nowhere, she goes, oh, well, you got to ask her about her, her, her background because I heard that she was Amish. And oh, I said, goodness. I said, I don't, I don't know if she's Amish. And then she looked up this article and then this article out no, of nowhere man. mentioned that. That you, would be funny though. Yeah. So, so you're not Amish. No, I be- never have been, but I am from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is the Amish capital of the okay. world. Like Weird Al Yankovic made a song about it called Amish Paradise. Okay. That's, that's where it comes <laughs> yeah, from. Yeah. Yeah. It's about Lancaster. So, so I can see where. You know, that detail could get messed okay. up. But I wasn't Amish. I just lived, like, next to them. Um, next to Amish Yeah, people. it's kind of like how here we live amongst celebrities, you know? And they're just around. It's <laughs> <laughs> sort of the There's same more normal, thing. like, well, the Amish people. There's more your average folk in yeah. uh, L.A. with mixing with celebrities. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and where you're from. Where I'm from, it's like Amish people mixed. Not even mixed in, though. They're actually very separate because that's their culture is being separate from okay. normal culture. Like, they live like it's the 1800s and you just watch them live. Like, I, you know, I've never spoken to an Amish person. Ever. Because, no, because it's against their, like, religion and their culture to, like, speak to, like, a normal person like me. Like, so you don't really interact with them other than, like, buying their, like, goods i'm glad we could clear this up she was she <laughs> had this whole idea that like you know how amish people like go on this yeah, retreat for a couple Springa. years like that's what you did and never came back i'm like i oh don't think God. so but she's that like you have so to ask funny. and i'm like i i promise i will get some clarity <laughs> that'd be if, so funny uh if, if it's only her weren't worrying but like, i can see how people might read that wrong that yeah because it would be really hilarious like um <laughs> If I was Amish, that would be really hilarious. But no, I wasn't. But I just was around Amish people. You know, also a lot, not a ton of them leave the Amish community. Yeah. The actual Amish people, they really don't leave it because you have to think that life is so different from normal life. And like what happens is like, you you would be kind of like exiled from the community. And like, that's really hard for a person. So most Amish people don't actually leave the community at all. And they don't really, like, interact. So it's, like, it's weird. I, Where I'm from, like, we could see Amish people living, but, like, the way that we lived was just, like, any other normal part of America. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for clearing, <laughs> that. Thanks for clearing that up. But you did, when you were 18, basically packed up shop and moved yeah, out yeah, to LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really, 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 really tired of it. It was, I was one of those, you know, like, gotta get out of this town kind of people like um and i definitely did it do you like do you visit do you go home yeah i visit sometimes i don't miss it at all like the last time i was home was for this past christmas and like it's so just dreary you know like just so many things that are just it's just not good it's It's not not really meant for human like for humans to thrive in the way that I feel like Southern California is. And it's just so dry and boring. And it's so weird to go from such a colorful world like Los Angeles to there. It's so weird. Isn't it crazy though how like, I think that's as like technology evolves and people kind of the world expands. I think we take for granted that just like there's different people who we can be compatible with in life. There's also like different environments and climates that are more suited for our personalities like yeah obviously it's like not for you i'm from waukesha wisconsin okay so like same very small town suburban like yeah. waukesha is like not that small but like 
it's Wisconsin. Yeah. And I like going home. I like my family, Wisconsin pride. I like all the sports teams. But like <laughs> once I left and I didn't leave until I was 30, mm-hmm. but it was like, oh, this place, like, I don't think I should be staying here for no. extended periods of time. The, I mean, at least I just don't like the mindset of the people. And it's, it's just different. No. It's just totally different. And I feel like I'm somebody who was meant to be in L.A. Student loans are the worst. Uh, I paid off my student loans a year and a half ago. Damn. And sometimes we're hit with shitty rates. Our rates play a big, you know, they take time to pay over time. Rates change. And you always want to make sure you're getting the best rate possible. And that's where Ernest comes in. Ernest was voted best student loan refinancing overall by Nerd Wallet. Ernest has some of the lowest rates, flexible payments, and in-house team ready to help. With Ernest, you can change your interest rate, get a lower monthly payment, and you never pay fees, ever not even late fees. By refinancing, you can reduce your loan, save money, and combine multiple loans into simply simple monthly payments. And if you have any questions, you can even talk to a real, real live human at Ernest for help. With Ernest, it only takes two minutes to see what your new rate could be. And there's no credit impact. And right now, Ernest is offering our listeners up to $100 cash bonus. You get paid to do it. Refinance your student loan debt at earnest.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Not available in all states. Once again, you get $100 cash bonus when you visit earnest.com slash V-I-A-L-L to refinance your student loans. Visit earnest.com slash V-I-A-L-L for more details. Not available in all states. Terms and conditions apply. Earnest student loan refinancing made by Earnest Operations, LLC, NMLS, pound 1204917, California 94105. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for full list of licenses. Gut health is so important. So important. What are you always saying on this show? Trust your gut. Trust Listen your gut. Listen to your gut. Well, if your gut's not healthy, how Pretty can hard you to trust hard, it. hard to trust it? And that's where seed comes in. But seriously, I, it's a pro- probiotics, prebiotics. Those should be One in the commonplace in our households. They sh- like your multivitamin, prebiotic. Like drinking water, prebiotic. They sh- you should have them. There's, there's just no reason not to take it. Good news, Seed's Daily Symbiotic is the real deal. A broad-spectrum, two-in-one probiotic plus prebiotic, a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages. Proprietary engineered two-in-one capsules that protect probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to your colon. If you've taken a probiotic before and never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving your GI tract. I never think about that. Seed is designed differently, and in, in, in it's why it works. Seed will support ease of bloating, healthy regularity, and ease of evacuation, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but it will also support your gut barrier, skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Start your new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash V-I-A-L-L and use code V-I-A-L-L to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash V-I-A-L-L and use code V-I-A-L-L. Obviously, a lot of people know you had a, a time in adult film, the adult film industry. Yeah, I did. Um, and that was out here. So basically, like, the, the main company, like, the companies that you'd think of in adult film, they all exist in Los Angeles. And, but you can also do it in, it also exists in Miami. And that was where I first went. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. What's really interesting, and I've seen some of your other interviews, there's as much 
shame and judgment as there is curiosity when it comes to the adult yeah, film industry. Re- people are really crazy curious. Yeah. About really it, curious. Yeah. Equal, and, mo- and usually it's the same person who's judgmental yeah. and curious. And I think a lot of people from the, from the judgmental side think if anyone who got into the adult film industry, it was what happened or like, how, like, why did you have to do this? As if you yeah. were like forced into it. But what I took from you is like, this was something that you always yeah. like wanted to do. Totally. It was a dream of yours that you yeah. wanted to do. And I'm, so when you got into it, did you do the, like the research? Like, is that why you yeah. chose Miami over LA? Yeah, well, because at the time, um, I basically had to figure out like what niche I could fit in that would make me like popular. Because again, it's not like, it's not, people think it's like easy. It's really not. Like you really have to like, it's just like every, any other industry where you actually have to make the right moves to get somewhere. And um, I guess Miami was really popular for like all the amateur stuff that you would see like what's called like pro professional amateur and it's like the most popular videos on the tube sites it's this concept of it looks like it's like an amateur video of just like real people but actually it's all like paid professional actors and um, that stuff was really popular in Miami at the time so I was it was like the most popular thing on the tube sites was like these videos that are like they're always like the the step sibling ones, like those that was just so popular and everyone thought they were real. And um, those videos I knew were like the, doing the best and they were the ones that I could be cast in. So I was in Miami doing those at first, but then I went out to LA because there's like way more, you know, all the big major companies that you think of are out in LA. I'm curious, like, especially at the beginning of your career when you're less established and presumably Mm -hmm. you have, like, a little bit less power, like, how did you navigate kind of holding your ground? And also, how often did that come up? Because I imagine in that industry, you know, it's you're encountering things that are atypical. And so, like, when you were thinking about your boundaries and the way that you expected to be treated, like, what was that thought process like? Um, Honestly, I just... You... People... The people in adult film, like, I always had, I never had, like, a bad experience at all. Like, everyone was, like, really respectful. And I think it's honestly just kind of, like, demanding the respect and just kind of, like, going on there and just treating everything really professionally, I think, helped me. Like, treating it like it really was a job and, like, we're really doing something professional here um, was always what helped me, you know, like, get hired at all and, like... um that's really like what people want you to do in that business is actually show up very professionally. And there's, you know, different things that like you should do in that line of work. And yeah, you definitely do need to like keep your boundaries of things, but people are very used to that in that business that people have different boundaries. Some people have like very interesting boundaries. Like there's some people that like they won't kiss anybody in the movies because they like have a significant other outside of the business. And people will do like really complicated boundaries and things like that. And really? Yeah. Is that yeah. like a, a, like a uh, how do they find out that it's sad or like when you're, is it like, you know how sometimes you go to the doctor and they give you a questionnaire of like things that like what are you allergic yeah, to? Actually, is it kind of like what are you so what are your non negotiables? So before we would shoot a scene, you would get a list of paper that would list like about every sex act and like every like even like kinky sex act, like hair pulling, slapping, all that stuff. And you would mark on that sheet if you're okay with it or not. And that's how it's called a consent checklist. 
And that's what you have to do before a scene. So that way, going into the scene, people know, like, I'm not okay with my hair being pulled or, like, you know, don't spit on me or, like, don't... Whatever these things are that you don't want to do, you, like, go through with a list before and you review it with the director and, like, you go through. It's a consent checklist that you just have to do. Do you you know... Has they have they always done that, or is that something they've since I've been in the business, and it's gotten even more and more popular as the years have gone on. Well, it's nice to know that they do that. Yeah, no, it's something that they legally have to do, and especially like mostly all the companies do them. Like some of them have like really really long ones. Some of them will really go into stuff like yeah, they all have these like consent checklists to make sure people are consenting. Other than like people. Uh, the, the kind of professional aspect that you mentioned. What are what's the, some other big misconceptions that you think from like what you've heard in terms of the judgment that people have um, in the th- industry to I what's reality? Just this idea that people could even really do it. Like this idea that people think that, oh yeah, like I would never do adult film. Like, okay, adult film would never hire you. Like you couldn't. <laughs> you don't even it's not a fucking option. Like it is so <laughs> hard to make it in adult film. It is so difficult. And all the people that I, like, worked with, that I started with, um, all those other, like, young people that I started with, like, they've worked so hard to make a name for themselves. And so many of them, like, just didn't make it because they just could not perform, like, as well as people wanted to. That's a great point. It's like someone walking up to, like, a professional baseball player and be like, I would never do that. Yeah. That's literally (laughs) what it is. It's just kind of like, okay, no one wants you to do this. You're not attractive enough. You can't fuck (laughs) well enough. Like, most people aren't that sexually enticing. Like, even me, like, there's, even I wasn't the most sexually enticing person. There was still people way better than I was. They could perform way crazier sex acts and just could perform more. Well, so that's that key word, perform. Yeah. There, it's a performance. Exactly. Performance anxiety to show up, yeah. to deliver, to, like, and totally. do it, like, do it the same way on set that you did, like, rehearsal or in your yes, mind or how you wanted exactly. to do all those and things. And that's something, it's really, really hard for people, and it's why a lot of people get nowhere with it, because how do you even perform in sex? A lot of people don't even comprehend how you can do sex in a performance manner, not in a feeling good manner. Yeah. You're not doing actions to feel good. You're doing actions to look good, to look a certain way. And it's kind of a lot to wrap your mind around. I feel like most couples who, like, make sex tapes, like, when they watch it back, there might be moments where, like, oh, we look hot. But there's a lot of, like, let's just delete that. Yeah. Like, we yeah. don't, ooh, like, we were not supposed to, that's a that's a weird angle. Yeah. You know? And that's, like, the thing about porn, it's nothing like having real sex. You're just getting into certain positions and angles and things to make it look really cool on camera. That's it. It's... So, in your desire, like, the, the thing that, the passion that you've always, something you're always interested, where did that come from? Um, I don't like really... what fascinated you about the industry? Um, I don't really know, but I think a, what a lot of it had to do with where I'm from, Amish place, um, people were very religious and it was, like, very normalized where I was from to, like, not have sex until marriage yeah. and, like, people just hated sex and, like, thought that, like, nobody had sex, like, nobody casually had sex, like, nobody did anything at all. And it really, like, fucked with my brain because I was, like... 
I get this sense that sex is amazing, that we all really like to have it. And I think that I started watching a lot of porn when I was younger because of the fact that I wanted to see a world where people actually like to have sex would actually just admit, like, sex feels good and we want to do it. Like, as long as it's done safely, it's fine. That there's just no human being actually wants to, like, save themselves from marriage and, like, only have sex with one person their whole life. But, like, people actually acted like that was a thing. And it always messed with my head. And I feel like maybe I wouldn't have been as into sex if people weren't so, like, anti-sex, you know? And, like, that's, like, what we were taught in school was, like, abstinence is key and, like, all this weird stuff that, like, just really, like, I just had these weird ideas about sex. I swear if you tell somebody you can never do it and never have it, it just, like, messes with them. Yeah, that makes sense. Was your family, like— supportive of you getting in the adult film industry or was it a mixed bag? Um, no, they kind of like didn't really get it until after a while. Like they just didn't get it at all until I was actually like successful in it. And like once they saw me like really like working in it and that I was really like supporting myself and I was happy, then they were like, okay. Okay. So it took, but it took a while them to like any and like did you experience any like moments where like you felt some of that judgment or shame from people yeah they were like really really mean at first like really mean like you think society is mean to sex workers like sometimes their own family is way worse and it took a while for them to really realize like what they were doing and that they were participating in whore phobia which is just basically because of the fact that somebody is a sex worker that you can like treat them poorly and that they deserve less, you know. Elaborate more horophobia. I've never heard that term. Uh, horophobia is just this like it's kind of like homophobia in the way that like you're just literally like anti, you're against someone for being this thing, which is a sex worker. Yeah. Or like because I saw another like on, on Call Her Daddy, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned uh some of the like judgment or stigma was the fact that you're an adult film star. Everyone assumed that you're going to want to sleep with their boyfriend yeah, or something like that. that. Like you must be promiscuous just yes. because you do this yeah. as an art form or it's your job. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I don't know if people will ever comprehend that it really just, just was my job. Like, I always say, like, a job is just about what kind of day you can get through. And, like, that was way more doable of a job than working at a restaurant or, you know, being a waitress or, like, working some nine to five. Like, I literally, my brain couldn't handle those. Like, I can't do those things. Like, I can't deal with working at a restaurant. Like, I can't deal with, like, doing so many jobs I just could my brain couldn't deal with like I couldn't get through the day in adult film I totally could like I loved my days I have crazy sex with somebody who's like also tested and good at sex and like that's it so it was weird to me that people would think that that meant that I was just like so horny that like I chose my job just because I was so horny and like be trusted yeah and then it's like i just can't possibly be around like anybody and like it was weird like i would have like my friends from my hometown like 
her boyfriend would be like, don't hang out with Chloe anymore because she's a whore. Like she and thinking I'm going to like turn her into like something or whatever. And it's but it never makes any sense because that same boyfriend dude is going to go then look up my porn. And he really likes that I do this work, but somehow needs to like be horrible about it. And it's just so fucking confusing to me, like. It that like it's just like what the fuck do you people want? Like, do you want porn to exist or no? Because you, it's just this weird thing. And sometimes I feel like people that really restrict themselves in life, they end up just being like so just jealous of people that don't. Like, they just can't bear to see somebody that's like not restricting themselves in life. Yeah, you and you come across as someone who's so like sure of themselves and confident. Have you yeah. always been that way? Um, I guess so. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I kind of have been. My whole life. Good for you. Yeah. How, where do you think that comes from? Cause that's something um, I think a lot of people would be envious from of. being a Virgo. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I think it's like, I have like a loving family and like, I, um, just, I don't know. I feel like I just really try to believe in myself because, like, what else is there to do, you know? With someone who, like, being in the adult film industry and having to f- face judgment and, and cruel things that people said, do you see your, are, do you just remove those people from your life? Are you kind of forgive but not forget? How, um, how do you handle those things? I'll forgive people if they, like, actually, if you, come at me with this like horribleness but then if you later also come at me with an actual apology then I'll forgive you but I'm not going to forgive somebody that doesn't think that they have to apologize yeah um and there's been plenty of people that I just will never ever speak to again but they're not like doing well or anything so it's not like I want to speak to them what advice would you have for anyone who ever felt like whether it was from their family or friends where they got felt exiled or shamed for like doing what they believe that they wanted to Uh, do? I would say just keep going through it because at the end of the day, like once all those people die and it's just you left, you'll have to be happy with the life that you live because they'll just be dead and gone. Nothing that they ever said or thought mattered. And you have to be happy with your own life that you lived. So you have to really just take your life into your own hands and those people don't control it because you will find new people the more you follow what you feel your true path is. You will find new close people. You can find a new family. You can find a new anything. You can find people that will accept you in this world. And just like, it's not true acceptance if somebody can't allow you to do whatever it is that you want to do in this life for whatever it is about them and just please, please, please never put anybody else's wants or needs before yours because those people will just die and then it'll just be you and you'll have to be happy with your life because you can't go back. That's a great answer. Great. Thanks for coming, everyone. That was a lovely episode. (laughs) That was amazing. TED Talk. (laughs) Let's get into euphoria. Also, bravo. Thank was, you. Your story is amazing, even of how you got onto that show. Yeah, thank you. And so you, the director DM'd you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, he had like a casting director DM me. First, he like followed me and I was like, ooh, who is this Sam Levinson character? <laughs> and um, <laughs> then he had like a casting director DM me and I was like, this is unreal. 
Yeah. I'm glad that you know that it's it was through Instagram. Yeah, he had like a, a casting director DM me and I was like, this feels unreal. Because you know how like there's so many like phishing scams oh, yes. of people being like, oh, we want you to come and be on Vogue magazine. You know, just these random scams that people will send out. Yeah, how did you suss it out? Um, I, at first, I, I actually, at first I turned it down. At first what I was a, like, I don't believe this. <laughs> at first I was like, I don't believe this. And they were like, are you sure the director really wants you to audition? And I was like, okay, can't hurt me to send a tape into these people. Like, what's the worst thing that'll happen? Like, these random people have a tape of me, like, saying lines, you know, who cares? So I sent it in, and then they started talking back, and then I was like, wait, holy shit, this is actual <laughs> casting people. And because it just felt so unreal, you know what I mean? To have, like, that reach out to you, it just felt so, like, what? Like... It's just something I had never heard of before. Did you have to come in and audition more or do any, like, chem tests or anything like that? Or yeah, you... yeah. Then I had to do, like, an in-person audition and do, like, camera tests and all that stuff and wardrobe tests, everything. Like, at what moment did it actually feel real? Uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> um, it felt real probably once I, like, got on set and actually started doing it. That that is yeah crazy. Um, you were obviously a big part of the end of season two. That whole scene where yes, we think Ash died. We don't know for sure. <laughs> you mentioned you were a fan of season one. Yeah, right. Uh, and then you got casted in kind of like surreal. You're part of it, <laughs> and then you're part of this very dramatic final scene that. I guess it's left in a cliffhanger. Like, when you're watching, it's just like, oh, Ash, Ash dies. But then you're like, well, we love, like, we don't want him to die. So I think, I feel like a lot of fans were trying to almost convince themselves maybe he's not dead, more of the love yeah. they had for the character. As now someone who's part of the cast, do you, did, are you, do you still find yourself being a fan and invested in the story? Or um, now that you're on the show, is it just more of a job and it's less, you're less of a fan? I honestly, like, I, I feel like I still am a fan, but it feels like crazy to be like, like, it's so hard to not be a fan of that show. Yeah. It's impossible to not be a fan of it. So I feel like I am honestly still a huge fan, like, even of everybody. Like, I'm a huge fan of the makeup artists, all the actors, all the crew members. Everybody is so good. <laughs> so is Ash. What do you think? Do you think Ash? Uh, I, I think he's... I feel like he couldn't have survived that, right? That was, like, 18 bullets. Did they? Did they? I because I didn't, I don't remember because I was like, oh, maybe they shot him in the kneecap or something. He's just like in a wheelchair next season. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But it was so. I was like, oh, why did you? I I really love that character. I love that character too. Yeah. yeah. But I also heard that it got changed last minute. Like it was maybe yeah. supposed to be Fez. So I was wondering if there were any of your scenes or anything else where it was a last minute switch. It was uh, that, those few days were so confusing because they would call me to set and just like be like, okay, we're, they would, they were just all over the place. Because I think that it was kind of decided last minute. Like it was like, I think they were kind of like not sure what they wanted to do with the ending. And I felt like, <sighs> 
as a viewer, I want no one to die. But like as a filmmaker, I know someone needed to die. Yeah. I know that someone did need to die and that that was like a huge like part of the action. It was, you know, really intense. Well, we'll we'll see where it goes. You uh you were you ad libbed some of the more iconic lines. Yeah. Um in, in the show. Uh do you know uh do you and your son fuck people together? <laughs> also, you're probably eating that ginger's ass. Yeah. Um <laughs> iconic lines. Uh what like did you just say them or was was Sam just asking you to say, yeah, Hey, just like embrace he, the scene and kind of go with it? Like so we would do the scenes. And then he'd be like, okay, just say whatever you, like, we would do the take. And, like, I, for some reason, as an actor, I, like, struggle so hard with, like, saying things, like, wording things in a way that doesn't sound like how I would actually Natural, say yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, and um, so he would always wanted to see a take of me saying just whatever I want. Sometimes I would include, like, some of the lines for the plot point, but he always liked that because it would just come out, like, so natural. And I can... My brain, for some reason, just has so much in there for, like, I'm just so imaginative when it comes to a scene. Like, I love to just imagine myself as something else. Like, this, I don't know, it's like, just I like to just imagine myself as being somebody else and just, like, getting out of, just being something different from me and, like, just being in this completely different headspace of this character, just pretending that I'm in this completely different situation that I'm not in. I really like doing that. And then I can kind of just keep going in it and like keep just riffing on it and just keep like improving. Were there other lines that you remember saying that you were like, I hope this makes it? Um, oh, there is this one where I, um, when Zendaya and I were in the car where I say to her, I say, we're like super drugged out. And I say, have you ever seen that movie? Where those two people go out on a boat and they go scuba diving, then the boat leaves them and they're just trapped to be eaten by sharks. And then she's like, Oh yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> and it was just like such a like druggy conversation of like <laughs> just like trying to be deep because you're on drugs and you're like feeling some kind of way and they're just like talking to each other and you're all like oh yeah for sure like it just sounded like such a drug addict conversation and that's something like you've talked about like you you've never done any of that stuff no i haven't um how did you prepare for that I honestly just did some interesting role research. I was kind of like trying to find um, people like while I was doing it and before I was doing it, I was kind of trying to find people around me that were like not necessarily even heroin addicts, but drug addicts of any kind because um, I just needed to find. Like, just to see what that was like and just to see, like, the the way that it changes your brain. And I tried to, like, every person that I could spend some time with. And it was kind of a weird thing to do, but to be, like, purposely trying to spend time with people to um, get them to just to, like, learn about their lives. Um, and it was really fun to do, though, because I got to just... I was, like, I just got to, like, really, like, explore. Like, I didn't, I like, normally, like, you don't want to hang out with somebody that, like, 
is on heroin or something, but it was like fun to like hang out with people that like used to be on heroin or were kind of like fucked up. Like, I don't know, I kind of liked it. Were you able to like almost like kind of empathize and like yeah. just learn their stories a little bit too? Yeah, yeah, and it really taught me that, I don't know, I just feel like when it comes to that stuff, it's like perspective is key. Like if you could see their life from their perspective, you would see why they could. Yeah, I mean, if, if if you take the time to sit down and talk to any of the homeless people in LA, you yeah. know, they have all different types of stories. Totally. And, and some of which you just, um, you really feel for the, for the, their situation. A lot of uh, tough yeah. situations. And like the drug, like, you know, that's a whole nother conversation with the homeless epidemic, but they don't become homeless because they're drug addicts. They sometimes turn to drugs for safety in a community where they get, yeah. you know, a lot of people turn homeless because they are kicked out. You know, maybe their parents aren't accepting of, like, there's a strong LGBTQ uh, homeless population because they get exiled from their homes. They turn to drugs because, like, it's, like, part of, like, hey, if you want to fit in and, and, and for protection, it's kind yeah. of a, a sad, crazy crazy story yeah i totally agree it really is like um i think that drugs are just something that like also are just to some people it's like normal like some people that's just what they're surrounded by is a bunch of drugs so if you're like kind of raised around that you're gonna just think that's normal we're gonna play some i have some rapid fire questions for the fans okay cool uh it's like euphoria they're, they're fun, easy questions. Uh, but it's kind of like, what, who, who in the cast would you want, et, et cetera, et cetera. Like, first question, like, being a fan of the show, mm-hmm. who were you most excited to meet? And, like, like, and did you have a crush on any of the cast as, like, a fan of the show? No. Well, actually, I don't really feel like I had a crush on it. They're all so beautiful, all of them. Yeah. Um, I can't even decide who is most exciting. Um, probably Zendaya, honestly, just because I've really looked up to her for like a long time, and she's really great. Who was the funniest person on set? Angus, I'd say, because Angus is like funny without even trying. Like Angus is just funny. Like you can't even help it. There would be so many times where I would just be laughing. Like, no one else was laughing, but I would just be laughing because Angus would just be saying something because we worked together a lot, so we were constantly, like, in the same room. And he was really funny, and so was Jovan, Ashtray. They're both really funny. And they're, like, a really funny pair, yeah. too. I think I'm, a, like, that's part of, like, with Ash dying, if he yeah. is dead. I'm really, I'm, I'm that bond. Like, that was, like, that yeah. bond they had. Because, like, weirdly Brothers. enough, you have, it like, that whole cast are very complicated characters, right? Mm-hmm. And of all the characters, I felt like their bond was the most wholesome. Definitely. Like, it was the most purest of relationships. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sad that that's uh, going to go. Uh, yeah. Who, if anyone, was most like their character? I would honestly say maybe Angus again because he really does like talk like that it is so great <laughs> I, I saw I was in Vegas last weekend and he walked past me with some friends and he had like a like a very fashionable <laughs> scarf on his head clearly. people see him out yeah. so often it is like all the time people are telling me oh I saw Angus yeah. the other day oh I saw Angus I'm like damn he but he also like had about. a scarf covered his head because he clearly was trying to like avoid any kind of <laughs> yeah. bob so 
I don't know. Who would you describe as your uh, work husband or spouse? Like, who did, did you get like bond uh, with anyone? Yeah, either Alex French, my makeup artist, or Tyler Chase, who played my boyfriend. He played Custer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I liked him. Okay. <laughs> who would you want uh, to marry your kid? Your future kid, if you who, had a kid. Who would I want? Yeah, like who would you who set you up? Trust? Yeah, Definitely you... Maud Apatow. She's like very, um, she's just like a cat person and she's really sweet. I would want her. <laughs> who who gave off the worst first impression, but you grew to like, be like, oh, okay. Um, I can't even think of anybody. Everyone's No same. one really... Nobody really gave off a bad first impression, really. Um, I can't think of anything. Just like a bunch of nice, likable people. Yeah, everybody was really nice. Because I remember the first uh, table read we did, everybody, like Sydney, Jacob, like all of them were so nice to me, like being the new cast member. And I was like, wow, you guys are so great. That's great. I mean, and maybe like we're, maybe it's just like PTSD from high school because I feel yeah. like we all, like when we go into a new environment, we're all very like, have a fear of like not being welcomed. Yeah. But it's something that I feel like um, people don't really do that anymore. Like as adults, at least, it's just not productive. No, no. Yeah, and I think maybe it would be PTSD from like high school, middle school. Because I always like anytime I w- walk into a new environment, there's always a sense of like, I hope, I hope they like me. You know, yeah. like, you know, there's always that fear a little bit. Like I don't know, maybe it's just in yeah. Your head I feel that. I feel yeah. that. So you watched the ultimatum transitioning. To, yes. Yeah. What like? What was your biggest takeaway and what part of any of those relationships did you find most relatable to a relationship that you might have had? None of them. None of them? They were all really weird. They were all just like, I want kids and I've never been in that situation. Um, uh, who did I relate to? Um, well, maybe no one. Kind of none of them because they all were in this like I want kids or I want like something long term like they were just doing stuff that I just don't really have you been someone who's always kind of like like are you single now no yes yeah I'm single yeah I'm like single but dating Dating around. Yeah, 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 yeah. But does the, do you have someone like in mind that you're vibing with? Like 10 people. Okay. <laughs> so now you're vibing with 10 people. But are, are you Are you like, but like, I think that's awesome. But I just feel yeah. like we were talking about this earlier. I'm, I'm I, and maybe it was just my upbringing or whatever. But I, I didn't have that type of self-confidence and clarity about what I wanted. At an early age, I was definitely more of the, I think this is what I'm supposed to do, so this is what I'm going to do mentality. And I did focus a lot of my energy way too much in my early life on relationships. And like, where does that come from, that kind of independence that you seem to have? And like, how does that relate to like what you want for yourself, love life going forward? I... I think it just means right now I like to just see like a bunch of different people. So that way, like nobody really, I don't like need too much from one person. And that way I feel like I can just successfully like see 
people and then one eventually like you know I know that eventually I'm just gonna want to see one of them and it's just how to casually do it I've kind of always liked to just keep my options open I think it's the best way to date I think it's the best way for me to be a good partner is to have other partners and like not that they're necessarily my partners like just to have like other people in my life Unless I was like, unless somebody actually verbalized to me that they wanted to just be with me, I'm not going to do it until you actually like verbalize that to me. Have you ever, have you ever like tried to define a relationship with someone else? No. Never? Well, no, I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe it's just, I'm just kind of like all over the place. Yeah. I just feel it feels better for me to like have all those options. And like, if I want to spend time with somebody, it's not like I only have one person and then they're not available. So I like can't do anything. And it's just, I don't know. It's just been a lot better for me, but like, I feel like there is one of them that I really like more than the other ones, but it's hard because I already have these, like, you know, it's still a friendship that I formed with these people, so. Yeah, well, and you're still really young, mm-hmm. right? And I just feel like, I think that watching that show to me was a, a an example of, like, why people shouldn't focus so much energy in relationships so early on. Yeah. And, and I mean, relationships are great, but, like, it's it, it was so clear just how, how, how much they invested and what it took away from their own independence. Totally. And I think it just, I don't know. I feel like when you're that young or like, even as just my age, like I don't feel like I know yet exactly what I want. And I've, what I've been dating multiple people has been the best thing for me to figure out like what I want and don't want from people. And I feel like even on that show, watching them, I can tell that they have no idea what they want from another person like that guy who was freaking out at his girlfriend like oh I feel like you never listened to me like you know that was like the issue and like you I feel like at least I think that there you should get to a point at dating where that's not even an issue like you would never accept anybody into your life for any reason that like doesn't listen to you or like doesn't you know I know it's kind of kind of crazy that way but I feel like so many people do right in the relationships it's like you you go out, you have some sort of like instant chemistry, you have a good night. And it's just like, well, I should be in a relationship because I'm, I don't want, I'm my, I don't want people to ask me why I'm single. Why are you single? And then they decide to like have a partner and then they'll try to make their partner fit their mold rather than finding the person who's just already like more compatible or fits their mold. And then, yeah, you'll have issues you have to work on. Everyone does. But all these couples, it seemed like they were, Like, they had some compatibility and then really just tried to force it. Yeah, and I feel like that's what so many people, they just want... I remember my mom used to always say this, that, like, people just want to be in a relationship just to say they're in a relationship. And, like, people are just so afraid of being alone for some reason. And I don't really get it. It seems like it's painful. But I think I'm a weird person. Like, I found out other ways to, like have sex and I feel like that's a lot big reason as to why these people end up in these shitty relationships like I know that like like yeah like I know that I feel like I very like 
obviously can I know I can be like casual with sex so I don't need to be in a relationship to be having sex so like I don't see myself ever being in a relationship that's so like that's where they want me to change myself and so many people are it's just because people just don't want to say that they're single and I think that being able to just say you're single is so much more powerful than like oh I'm in some dumb embarrassing relationship where we fight all the time Because I think sometimes people get confused, too, of, like, if you're fighting with someone or if it's, like, you're trying to work it so hard and you're constantly, like, blowing up at each other. They're like, oh, it's passion. It's love. And it's like, no, sometimes, like, the truest form of love is, like, when it's just, like, Nick saying, like, it's normal and it's simple and it feels good. And, like, I had a teacher, like, in high school because I went to an all-girls school and they, like, came in and talked to us about, like, relationships and marriage. And she was like... I had this super long relationship with a boyfriend and I stuck with him because it was like that and it was fireworks and I was like fighting so hard. And my husband now, it's the most normal day-to-day relationship and I'm so much happier than I was with the one I was like screaming at. And also to Chloe's point, think of how many people like will stay in shit solely because they're afraid of being single. Just terrified of the idea of not having someone to do whatever, go the fucking flea market with or you know like, oh i gotta be a little alone on the holidays it's like so what like there's so many benefits to independence so many benefits oh my god i yeah i really like it and i think it's why i've been like just keeping my distance from like people that i've been you know just casually dating i've been kind of just you know not getting too close because I like the independence of being single and I like the fact that like, dude, during the holidays, I just choose that I want to go see my family and that's what I'm going to go do. I'm not going to like make some sacrifice, like miss out on seeing my family once a year to go see somebody else's or like, dude, I had so much more done when I'm single. And like, I feel like when I'm in a relationship, there's always some, that means that there's someone that's going to like call me and like have situations. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, when you're talking, I was thinking about, and like at the time it was happening, like it felt like the right thing to do. But yeah. I've spent some weird fucking Christmases in places that like, you know, with girlfriend's families, right? Yeah. But at the time, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to my girlfriend's family. And now it's just like, why did I spend Christmas in this place? Yeah. Why did I miss my family? And I was, I it was like 25 at the time. And, you know, I'm an adult and I'm, you know, like whatever. But it's just like we had been dating for six months. And all of a sudden, like, she's like, well, aren't we going to spend Christmas each other? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And, the, but it, and it was always, well, we're in love. And so we should do this. And now you, and you break up and it doesn't work out. You're like, why the fuck did I not and I do feel that? Like part why, of, or why did I do that? Part of the reason why it can sometimes not work out is because of the fact that you're like, I don't understand why so many people think that you have to spend like, every waking moment together because that's why it doesn't work out because there's not a single person on this planet you can spend every waking moment on. It's not a human being brain works. You're not supposed to be together that much. That's why it doesn't work. There's no shows they don't watch not yeah, together. Yeah, You have to just completely be your own person. And then they like, they will, they will, and then some people will force themselves to like, it's like, it's like, I like, I like watching sports. And Natalie, like, there's some sports she likes to watch. So it's like, if you want to watch with me, great. If not, also great. Yeah. It's like, there's no obligation. I used to have girlfriends be like, I'll, I'll watch it with you. I'll do it. And I'm like, you're fucking miserable. Like, why? You don't need to 
do that. And it, but it would be like, no, but we do it together. We do it Honestly, all. <laughs> like, okay. I really like this situation I have going on right now with this guy. We hang out like twice a week and then we just don't talk in between then. And we don't live together. So good. I can't deal with anything more because I just, I want to like do other stuff. Like I just don't want to just hang out with just one person all the time. I really like him a lot and I love spending time with him. He makes me so happy, but then I just need to go and do my own thing and he needs the same thing. And Is it that works. the guy I had the pleasure of meeting? Yeah, yeah. actually. Like a really wow. nice guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's my favorite. Yeah. Good looking. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tall. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Charming guy. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And people always talk about how relationships take sacrifice, right? And like, but I think people in relationships constantly minimize it, right? Because like otherwise, to your point, they take work. So don't don't disrespect what it takes to be in a relationship when you're ready. Yeah, yeah. Because like even the best ones, you have to like do some shit that you might not feel like doing. And it's only worth doing someone you really want to be with, not someone who, like, you just want to call your boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. And that's, like, um, that's why I've liked just really dating. Because I was in this, like, three-year, like, very, like, just very, this relationship where I was, like, very loyal and I was, like, just really trying to be a good girlfriend. And then we ended up breaking up and I was, like, I just really need to find what's actually good for me. So I tried dating, like, a lot of different people and, like, just really just trying out, like, whoever I felt anything towards. And it's been really good. And, um, yeah, it's been really nice. And then it's made it so now when I like find this guy that I like, like I know that I actually like him. It's not like he's just the only option I've had. Like I've have the option for so many other people, but I actually choose him. And it's that's what I think it's is a good feeling. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot better of a feeling that like instead of just, oh, you're just the first person that I can call my boyfriend. Are you are you naturally a patient person? Because like you're describing patience. Oh, um, yeah, I guess. So, um, I mean, I try to be just with this, at least I want something that's actually like real and actually going to be like actually good for my life so badly that I just am totally willing to wait for this. Like, it feels good to just take it really slow and casually because I feel like there's at least we're not like it's better that than like fighting you know we never fight everything's perfect because we're not like you know holding so many expectations for each other that's great what is how what does success mean to you uh and what's your like when when you like basically just that i'm like really doing everything that i want to do when i'm just really like uh seen as just like like, I just, I mean, just seen as, like, a good actor is really, like, what I would be, see as success. Just that the world sees me as a good actor and they want to see me in things. What's your dream role? Um, my dream role, I would love to do some kind of, like, biopic of, like, some kind of criminal. I think I would do that really well. Um, or I would play like to play like i'd love to play like a musician or like a pop star or something like that would be really fun um and i want to play something that's like really like outside of myself or like somebody like super religious and super weird or like you know just um someone that's like 
like to some church person would be really interesting because it would be really opposite of me. How uh, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered for coming across people's screens and making them laugh and cry and smile and everything in between. <laughs> That's a great answer. You talked about like having like a roster for people you're dating mm-hmm. and not picking one. You've also mentioned that you had sugar daddies at one point. Did you have a roster of them as well? Or was it one at a time? I used to. So when (laughs) I was younger, um, I I don't have any sugar daddies anymore. I do still talk to those, some of those sugar daddies, like as friends, but we're just friends now. But um, I used to have like a bunch of them. And it was funny. I used to just have so many of them. And they were. Having a sugar daddy is kind of like dating, except you're dating for like different reasons because they, again, are providing something for you. So you're dating based off of literally like what they're going to provide for you, which I feel like a lot of people da- do in normal dating. But like at least when sugar daddies, it's only rich guys that want to spend their money on you. Um, yeah, I used to have like a bunch of different ones that I would... Um, talk to and stuff. And I would always choose sugar daddies. I always would choose someone who was like funny, somebody who was going to like, you know, if even if you're going to be my sugar daddy, I still want you to like make me laugh. Like I would still choose them like that. So it kind of was a little bit similar to dating. Like they weren't guys that I actually wanted to date, but like they were, you know, at least... I would just have like... They had to, you know, like they were still had to like be giving enough to want them in my life. And um, yeah, they were always like really, really nice guys, very respectful, sometimes way nicer than guys that I would just be regular dating. (laughs) Like they were very respectful. And it's also just such a fascinating connection to me, like a sugar daddy, because I know I'm never going to do that again. And I guess it's just this, um, it's almost kind of treasured to me because I know that I'll never have that relationship again and that it was, like, something so special that, like, required so much trust and, like, so much... It just required so much to build to that relationship. And even though it's not the same anymore, we still did, like, really get to know each other, actually. So, Got to assume that there's also, like, an empowering feeling towards it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, cause, um, it, it was very empowering that like people, and I guess I liked it cause it was people that were just kind of like, I want to be with you. So therefore I'll just like, what do you want? You know what I mean? For to like, what do you need for it? Just very like straightforward. And I guess it was just people that wanted to please themselves, like people that they really wanted for themselves to experience pleasure. And that's like a really good, healthy thing. But for you to also understand that like it's a two-way street, that that person needs to also be getting something good out of it. And like, um, yeah, it was, um, there was like a lot of different personalities in there, but they were very good. Yeah, because when you were talking about, we talk about like setting boundaries Mm -hmm. all the time in relationships. And people are really bad at it. Yeah, we don't like to set, and we, I mean, we don't enforce them. But in in a sugar daddy situation, the way you're describing it, it's like that's it's all about like what are the boundaries, yeah, what are the really do's, is. and what are the don'ts. So we're you probably got that very good at that. Yeah, and very I comfortable did. in in your regular relationships or, totally. or your, your actual relationships. Yeah, how about it, like to say it? But part of it is just like the fear of saying it or fear of. I don't want you to do this, or should I do that? So many of the people we talk to, it's like, is it okay to say that? Should I say that? Is it mean? I don't want to sound like, uh, okay. Yeah, no, and I feel like, 
the opposite. Like, I, I mean, at least the sugar daddies, I would always tell them anything ever that I ever needed from anything. And, like, they would usually, like, they would get to know me really well. And they knew, like, I've been to all like, the nicest spots in L.A. and, like, New York and stuff just because of them. And, like, because that's where they always wanted to take me. And, um, yeah, it definitely, like, taught me how to... It taught me basically that, like, uh, also, um, a, having a sugar daddy taught me a level of acceptance of treatment of, like, I will never again accept a guy that, like, I don't know, that, like, thinks that just, like, doesn't, like, want to at least try to take care of me in some way and doesn't try to, like, be this, like, um, you know, actually be chivalrous in some way. Like, why even accept that when I know it's out there? There's people that really want to treat me really well. It kind of taught me, like, the standard of how I wanted to be treated. That's great. Yeah. How did you end a sugar daddy situation? Uh, usually just by, like, oh, I'm too busy now. And they would get, like, really upset. But usually just, like, I'm too busy. Just kind of, yeah, yeah, just kind of casual. Yeah, I usually just, I can't anymore. And then they'll still sometimes text me, like, oh, I hope you're doing well. Because, like, they really were. It was just, like, a friendship, like, almost like a work friendship that you build, basically. Chloe, this has been a ton of fun. Yes. Up next is our mediation call uh, with our couple. Uh, we're going to say goodbye to Chloe. Yes. You're Thank an you absolutely delight me. to talk to. You're very, yeah. like, just a joy to awesome. talk to. Thank and thanks you for so being much. so wonderfully nice at that fun. party. Oh, uh, yeah. You're great. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me. I wish you nothing but success in thank everything you. you're doing. And I can't wait to you meet all those dreams. I feel like you're going to do big things. <laughs> I most definitely hope so. I feel like when you say that, you're trying to be humble because I see that, like, I definitely know. I feel no, like... It's like she's already doing big things. Right. Well, that's what I'm... Yeah. <laughs> obviously. But, like, I, I, I'm only saying this from a place of, like, she clearly has, like, big Even plans more. for herself. And I think that's amazing how, like, you've made it to where you are and you're still, like, shooting for the stars. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. I wish you nothing but the best. It's, Thank you. I'm a big fan over here. Uh, Thank you. On to our mediation call. How's it going, guys? Good. Hi. What are your names? Uh, I'm Sarah. I'm Matt. Hey, Matt and Sarah. All right. Who, uh, how old are you guys? We're 26. Both 26. And you're dating, boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. How long have you been together? Uh, about three years. Three years. All right. Uh, who wants to start? I'm going to guess Sarah. Yeah, yeah okay. she can start. So basically, I wrote in because we have had this problem. We moved in together about three or four months ago. And basically, he works all the time. He works like 12, 13 hour days. Um, I am in school still. Um, and I also nanny part time after school. When I get home at night, um, I'm always kind of have a lot of energy and he's exhausted and, you know, takes a lot of naps and sleeps a lot. And on the weekends, will often just stay in and hang out um but for me that can be hard and I can get really antsy and I don't really know what to do about it because I feel like I'm bothering him not bothering him but I feel like he's like he deserves to be tired and he's worked really hard and I don't feel like I've done the same amount of work so it's not always fair for me to get on him about it even though I am kind of introverted if I don't do things on the weekend um I can get really in my head and he obviously notices and he tries to 
do things with me or to go out with me, but I can tell that he's tired. And I don't really know if it's fair of me to ask him to do things when he obviously has had a much longer week than I have. So who's, who's getting frustrated with who in this scenario? Are you guys getting frustrated with each other? It's not so much frustrated. It's more like I, well, I get antsy and then he can tell and then he gets upset or I can tell, like, I can tell that he's trying to make an effort to do something. Um, but it's like, I feel bad that he's trying to do that because I know it's not what he wants to do. Is it, and is it causing fights? No, not really fights, but just kind of like disagreements. So it's just more, you guys just both feel bad. Like what's your, uh, how do you feel about What's your version of this, Matt? It's more of like, kind of like she said, like, we'll be sitting around and like, I can tell she's getting all antsy and restless. So it's like, I'll be like, all right, well, like, let's go do this. And then she's like, no, like, it's okay. I'm like, well, like, what's really going on? Because like, yeah. I can tell you want to do something. And then I'm saying like, let's go do this. And then you say no. So it's like. You, you want him to want to do it, don't you? You want him to just be as excited as you are about doing something yeah yeah but then it's also just like i know that he works a lot more than i do so there's kind of like a guilt factor with that or like not guilt in terms of like like i I feel like i do enough it's just guilt like i i don't want him to force himself to do something when i know he's just physically exhausted so the obvious question is like like couldn't you do things without him i mean i I know that he's your boyfriend and i'm sure you, you know my girlfriend likes spending time with me and we spend all our time together. I, I get that. I get that. But like, aren't there times where like you could, if it's about you just being antsy, like mix in a friend activity or two or like a, something you do on your own, you know, especially like, I mean, I'm guessing like Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoons, like fresh off the long week, maybe just wants to chill out. I don't know. But like, I, I feel like this is a relatively easy problem to solve. Well, you guys are doing now, I can see how that'd be really frustrating. Because what you guys are doing now, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you're not really doing anything about it. You're both just kind of huffing and puffing around the other person. And and you're huffing and puffing, Sam, because like you want to do something, but you empathize with him, but like you want him to have fun. And Matt's huffing and puffing because you're just pacing around looking bored as fuck. And he he <laughs> feels like a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> So isn't there like a compromise here? Like what's your I feel like like you I do do things with like I try to go out on my own like twice a week at least, probably like two or three times a week. I think that it might be notable that he's also sober and I'm not. Okay. So I feel like a lot of the time like when I go out it's like to drink and to do things like that and I like I just want to spend time with him like but then I feel bad that I'm making him do that. Like, Wait, listen, that makes sense. Yeah, but you gotta have to let that go. You know, like, listen, yeah. he 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 chose to be so- sober for whatever reason, and like, that's a choice, and you want to respect that, and you also have the right to not be sober, and it sounds like he's fine with that too, right? Like, you both have to like, as adults, just acknowledge that that is a hurdle. It's like it's a mild inconvenience, or maybe it's a huge inconvenience. I I, I don't know. But like, it's kind of like, listen, if you're dating a vegetarian, is that annoying? Yeah. (laughs) But like, it's totally doable, but it's not going to do you any, like, if you're going to decide to date a vegetarian, 
then just accept <laughs> that he's a vegetarian and just like yeah. accept the inconvenience. It doesn't do you any good of like being upset that you're like, then you just like, you just, I'm going to eat meat around him and I'm going to feel, don't eat, you know what I'm saying? You can't feel bad every yeah. time you like you have a steak. In this situation, yeah. he's sober. So what, what I think you guys need, here's my uh, thought, is I think you need a little structure around the differences that you guys have. And by structure, I mean like, I think you guys, like there's a couple of things I think you just need to accept and stop making each other feel bad. Like let him be tired and take a nap and, and don't sit around <laughs> looking anxious. Go do something if you want to do something. Right. And yeah. if, you, and if, and when he offers to do something, take him at his word, you know, and then trust, trust that like he will tell you if he's too tired to do something. And then Matt, I don't know if you're doing this, but when you say, Hey, I'm down to do something, you don't get to constantly say how tired you are all, all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm That's saying? Fair. If you go yeah. out and you're like, Hey babe, I'll go do this. You don't get to be like, you know what? I'm fucking tired though. You know, you have to actually suck it up because that's when she feels bad when you constantly keep reminding her that you're tired. Yeah. And then... And don't say that you'll go unless you actually want to. Like, you actually think you can. Yeah. I wouldn't offer, though, if I didn't, if I wasn't, you know. Give him a chance to fail, though, Sarah. And 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 if he does pull that shit, then you can call him at it first. But it sounds like maybe you're anticipating what you think you might get frustrated at with him, if that makes sense, and then just get frustrated. Yeah. With and then I, when I say structure, it's just like, and also, by the way, I don't like you're going through school right now. That's a temporary thing, right? Uh, I don't know yeah. what you're like, profession, what, what are you going to school for? Education. Okay, so like you'll eventually be a teacher, right? Yeah. And I don't know, like if and your, your schedules might line up a little bit better in the future. I don't know. But in, in the meantime, if they, whenever they don't line up, like, I think you guys sh- should have some like structure where like Matt gets to nap and like, you know, it, you like Saturdays are a, a Matt's day. And like, if Matt wants to like and that, that, so the point is then you can plan on not hanging out with him that day. And if he yeah. wants to like say, Hey, I'm down. I, I, you know what? During Matt's day. I'm going to make us an us day. He gets to choose to do that. And then you get to be excited. And then you're like more like thrilled about it rather than like, cause this is all about expectations and rea- reality. Like you guys both have these expectations of what you want the other person to do and how you want them to act. It's more about how you want them to act too. And then they don't yeah. live up to your expectations. And then you guys passively aggressively huff and puff around each other. <laughs> yep. So like, I guess what, what this sounds like such an easy thing we can try to, to do. And I think it's just you two sitting down. What, so I'm curious, what have you guys done at all? If anything, so like when you guys talk about this, what are solutions that either of you have suggested to avoid feeling this way? Well, and it's like, obviously, yeah, like you said, like just, I can go out and do things by myself, which is obviously that's good, but it's not with him. And then another thing is like, it came up at one point, like maybe we go on like a weekly like date night or something like that. But you know, sometimes it doesn't always like work out like that. But I think that even is a good idea, even just like to go or just like a weekly outing, like once, once a week. Yeah. I think that, I think that's great. And I think it'd be easier too, if you don't make it always like on a certain day, 
Because then yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh shit. But you guys have to like both. And I think that Matt, this is where you could probably win a lot of points. Is if like as a couple, you guys agree to do this date night. But you end up being the one to remind her about the date night. Even if she's not going to forget. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, if you're like, maybe like do some low-key planning. And then like every, <laughs> every fucking girlfriend loves a guy who's willing to plan literally anything. <laughs> yeah. Anything. You'd be like, babe, I made this a reservation. Like, uh, whatever the fuck. She's like, you, you called someone and planned something for me? Oh my God, you love me. It's not hard. It's really... So all you have to do is do that. Absolutely. And then that way, you know... When, and let the guy nap in peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could, and I, I, I really do feel for you guys because, like, I think everyone, this is a very relatable thing. I mean, you guys are like, it's a very specific thing because of your work schedules. But I think every yeah. couple can relate to the idea of their partner wanting to do something, but the other person's tired and they just kind of hover around you. And, like, <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but it goes both ways too. It goes like I we people do it to each other. I'm sure I'm sure Matt has his version of doing it with you. Um yeah. but yeah, I think you guys just have to one, the big thing is stop just say what you mean. Stop 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 assuming each other's feelings. Uh if he says he's willing to do it, take him at his word. And then if he goes out, then you just have to suck it up, bring your A game, or at least a B game. And you just can't, <laughs> you can't act tired. You can't use your tired as an excuse. Right. And just find your moments where you hang out with your friends. Like, say, listen, be thankful that you love hanging out with your boyfriend. And, and that when you're with your friends... No, I'm serious though, because a lot of people don't. A lot of people have a boyfriend and girlfriends <laughs> and don't like hanging out with them all the time. All the time. So enjoy your friends. Have fun with them. Live it up. YOLO, you know, go out to the bars and like really embrace that. And then when you guys have the time that you set aside, uh, make sure you're like, that's where it's up to you, Matt, to like, because right now she doubts your ability to like step up and have fun and like be <laughs> present. And, you know, like really connect on a date. You know, she's like assuming you're going to be sleeping. Does he, is he, I mean, you're a guy, so I'm just making some generalizations. I don't get to generalize as a white straight male, so I'm taking it out on you. Uh, but I'm guessing when you are out, you, you, he, you might not be as present as she'd like you to be. Probably true at times, yeah. Yeah. So maybe just throw out some like, asking her about how she's feeling about work or school or, or really like dig a little deeper. And like when she tells you a story, you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm literally telling you shit that I need to do with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not coming from a place of judgment, um, <laughs> but it's coming from a place of like, I think uh, a lot of couples struggle with this. And if you're tired, you're it's you're you're just not present you're just like you're somewhere else and if you're busy then i i trust me man i get the feeling of like i'm tired and i have a million things to do and yeah i want to hear your story but i also have to do x y and z and it's so it's really just trying to prioritize certain i love the date night idea just make it easy and obtainable to do 
And wow. then, and if, and, and then Matt, I think you'll score more points if you actually take the initiative on, on planning, you know, or, and maybe, maybe every other week, it's the other person's job to plan the date night. It's a good yeah. idea. You know, and it's probably too, yeah. You get to plan your date night that you want to do and mix it up or yeah. your favorite restaurant. Do you guys like the same foods? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> It's such a, that's, that's a, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> I did it a vegetarian once. It was a nightmare. <laughs> um, I don't know. Was that helpful? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Amanda <laughs> likes to end these calls with, uh, you both, and you're going to love this, Matt. Um, <laughs> you both have to say something you love about the other person. Um, I would say he's like really attentive. Like he, notices if I like if I need a glass of water or refill or if, like I need, I need my plate cleaned up like just the little things he always notices and does it's an acts of service guy like myself I love yeah. It. yeah yeah what about you Matt uh I would say probably her selflessness um you know she's really she'll put a lot of others before herself which is huge that's great all right job well done bravo everyone did it we, did. <laughs> we survived that um all right guys uh matt a personal thank you i know the guys are have sometimes <laughs> have to kick and scream for these mediations <laughs> oh and a serious question matt do you honestly did was this in in any way helpful to you yeah definitely you can say no i'll edit it out no yeah <laughs> definitely was he was excited all right thanks for calling guys yep. thank you all right take care bye bye, bye. What a great call. Lovely. So relatable. Uh, and uh, Travis, I'm sure you guys don't know who Travis is. I said Travis like... Uh, Travis you should is, know. Everyone knows Travis. Travis is our uh, sound engineer. Uh, apparently he deals with a very similar problem. And he said, my advice was helpful. And um, Travis is engaged. So these are important lessons. He's engaged. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, send in your submissions. Send in, get like... Everyone's happier for it. Get your guys to listen to these calls. Threaten to break up with them if they don't call in. <laughs> give them the ultimatum. Talking about give ultimatums. Them, give them, speaking of ultimatum, we will have a cast member on Tuesday and a couple on Wednesday. I don't know if I'm allowed to say who yet. So like... You're gonna want to. You're gonna want. It's, it's, it's good ones. It's gonna be ones. good. <laughs> it's the ones you want to. That's the ones you want to hear for sure. And thank you so much to Chloe Cherry. What an absolute dynamite uh, interview and uh, what a gem of a human. I can't wait to see her accepting her Oscar. I told her she had big things ahead. I told her she had big things. It's because of Nick that she won the Oscar. No, no, not at all. Anyways, thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, we love you. And uh, again, if you are tuning in for the first time to listen to Chloe, we are here three days a week. We have a relationship and dating uh, people calling in and we have pop culture, fucking whatever, freestyle <laughs> bash yourself on Tuesday and our going deeper episodes on Wednesday hope to see you again bye